You be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. <laughs> I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, so they, they got to wake up with a piss out. You're talking about Rasool. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, aka Big Dog. And you're listening to Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the number one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, once again, joined this week with Andrew. Andrew? Hello. And, uh, you know, coming off a pitiful loss on Sunday, the Packers lose 21-23 to to the Washington Commanders. One uh, Taylor Heineke, pretty gross game, a letdown once again in Washington, and, a, you know, another Sunday letdown for the Green Bay Packers. Andrew, how was your viewing experience on Sunday watching yeah, this game? I was at uh, day two of a poker tournament as opposed to last week, you know, mm-hmm. where I did not make it. But uh, I, I got to see most of the game, unfortunately, because I got knocked out early. Um, still made a good a good run at it. Don't care. Um, but the casino loved the game. We're in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So everyone oh, was yeah. cheering, and it was even worse. Because yeah. as a Packer fan, I'm like the one lone wolf who's like hoping and rooting for everything the Packers do and getting the weird looks from everyone. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean... A less than ideal game, of course. I hope no one went to Iowa and, and took yeah. the Packers to win the division after seeing that. Yeah, we're going to have to fix that oh. with your segment for yes. jinxing the no team. No more Packers talk, for sure. But yeah, that's some of the talking about being at the casino here in Minnesota for the game. I still always think back to 2018 uh, at a Mumford Sons concert I was at, of course. Sure. you know, Once again, white guy. You know that folk rock. That's that's my jam. It's definitely right. I mean, that is the center core of like a white thirty-year-old. And it was like January or December, and the Vikings had just had the Minneapolis Miracle, and I had floor seats, and I was in a sea of all these fucking idiots doing the skull chant, and I'm like, just fucking kill me, just yeah, kill me. No, that sounds awful. And this week too was another. Well, it Sunday was bad. It was you know a kill me kind of week, I'll say. However, everything's pretty negative right now. I kind of don't hate where the team is at. Obviously, the record, pretty shitty, you know, uh, three and four, but we are tied with the Rams, the Bucks, and the Niners at with three wins right now. So very much alive. And we've talked about it. We talked about it a lot last year where the last three years, it's been, you know, one seed or two seed home field advantage. And we're like, maybe we got to try something else. Like A lot of people said that. And now that we're actually here, people aren't as... I mean, it's hard to be excited, especially with how the team's looking. But if nothing else, these seasons are fun to me because they're more interesting. Every week actually matters when come October, the last three years... No game until January has really mattered. Okay, so I, first off, yes, October last three years. We already know we're getting in the playoffs. Doesn't matter. Sure. Yep. I'm 50-50. We're sitting our starters, right? Sure. Um, I, I want a couple things to say. I want to start back at the beginning. Do you think, like I know obviously the Packers playing Green Bay, not Madison, no Milwaukee, but if you're at a concert in Madison, oh, God. Yeah. do you ever think like after a big win, like, 
you know, the Foo Fighters are in town and you hear Go Pack Go. You think that happens? I know similar things have happened. The one thing that pops up for sure is Pearl Jam. Probably back in 2010 or 2011, a lot of Green Bay Packer or yeah, a lot of Green Bay Packers were at that game, including Matt Flynn. And he even Matt Flynn wore number 10 and like Eddie Vedder. I think they were Pearl Jam was uh, touring, celebrating some anniversary of their their number one album, 10. So he had a Packers 10 jersey. Okay, on. well that's cool. I think you like crowd surf. So similar things do happen and sometimes. Okay. So so our play. fan base is also, you know, that that way at times. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um there's one more thing. I don't remember. You know, we'll get back Doesn't to matter. it if I do. We'll, we'll get into it. I'll Perfect. finish with this before we get into the rest of the episode. My favorite years being a Packer fan, obviously the Super Bowl year, which we limped in at 10 and 6. Other than that, I would say 2013. The year when Rodgers broke his collarbone, Cobb got hurt, but every single week mattered. And outside of the Super Bowl run, my favorite moment being a Packer fan was the Cobb touchdown on fourth and eight. And I doubt I'm the only one who thinks this, but everything mattered. Everything was so dramatic. And that was my second favorite season watching the Green Bay Packers. I probably... I'm in the minority, but I know I'm not the only one who thinks that. My favorite is the the Rodgers to Rodgers versus Detroit, and that was just because like of <laughs> well, the moment yeah, watching the yeah, game. You yeah. know, I loved I loved that that individual moment too. I think that game mattered. I think we had to win that game to get into the playoffs. Actually, it was a tough year as well. Yeah, yeah we were kind of skirting. Oh, by. I know what I was going to say. I was going to say you said, "Oh, we should try to switch things up," as if like our GM and and staff has gotten together and said, "Yeah, let's go three and four <laughs> yeah, to, to mix lose. it up and not guarantee a yes. win." You know, let's have to try second half. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, we don't know for sure. Maybe that is what's going on behind (laughs) closed doors. But yes, like every week uh, on this episode, we will start with our pick six, the six plays that shaped the game. After that, we're actually going to have take news right off the bat, talking about Aaron Rodgers, him on Pat McAfee today, and the bit of a Twitter meltdown that happened. You know, kind of cherry picking some quotes, but for the most part, getting the point across what he was saying. But we'll break down the offense, the defense. We will have is Kyle an idiot some Packers trivia, and then we will preview the Bills game on Sunday night. But first, pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Yeah. All right. Uh, pick six for the week. The Lynn Lake pick six. Uh, shout out to them again. The emotional vampire. <laughs> Their raspberry sour is the new beer on tap. They're also once again showing the game. On Sunday, Sunday night at Lind Lake in Uptown Minneapolis, apparently there's gonna there there's already um, word that some Bills fans are gonna be there. So apparently we gotta we gotta fill it up with Packer fans. So yeah. make sure you to get with them out out to our home turf on the home bar. You know, <laughs> yeah. so they have that going on, and also on Saturday, you know, Halloween weekend, if you show up wearing a costume, five dollar five dollar beers. So oh. there you go, not bad for a brewery. That's a especially pretty, downtown here. You know, that's great. Right? Yeah. So. Moving on to the pick six, the first pick six game. And once again, I'm going to try to streamline these things going forward a little bit more. First big play that shaped the game, the Amari Rogers muffed punt very early in the game. You know, it was seven, nothing at the time. They were already kind of backed up, punting out midfield. Amari Rogers muffs it. This is his second fumble in three weeks. The commanders recover the ball and score a field goal just three plays later. But obviously, knowing how the game ended, if this play didn't happen, the Packers very easily probably would have won. Obviously, you know, the uh, 
what is it? I always forget butterfly effect. The butterfly effect, you know, things would have changed, but either way. Well, the butterfly you, effect is huge in gift. any football game. I mean, I think it's the biggest aspect. You said this one play that changed the game. Yep. I, I, yeah. And Amari Rogers has already been on our shit list. So we're not to talk about him more than we need to. But yeah, he fucking sucks. Yeah. I've, I feel bad because, you know, they're still humans. They're st- and they're still premier athletes. Like these are still top, you know, couple hundred type receivers in the league or in the world pretty much. But my God, he just cannot return punts. We'll talk about him as a receiver later. He looks a little better there. But in even hearing Matt LaFleur on Monday talk about, I'm not, I won't be surprised if he's back there returning again on Sunday, which is just unbelievable. I mean, yes. One point you made, you pick a thousand, 10,000 guys randomly from the world and Amari Rogers is one of them. He's the most athletic. (laughs) Sure. No doubt. But he doesn't deserve to be on the field for the Packers yeah. or any NFL team. He, yeah, he should not. Point. He should not be a punt returner in the NFL. We'll see about wide receiver. He's obviously struggled getting on the field, anyways, with that. Right. But yeah, not good. But yes, made the score seven to three. Moving on, the next pick six play. I don't know what the down and distance was, but we know what happened. Heineke tries to fit a ball to the right, but Devondre Campbell, inside linebacker who has not made a lot of plays this year, picks it off. Runs it all the way back for a touchdown. High steps over Heineke while scoring. Pretty cool. Pretty sweet. I was like, ah, here we go. We've we got a we got a mm-hmm. good game going on here. Nope. Obviously, we know how it ended, but that made the score fourteen to three, and we were riding high. I was like, hey, we got a defense. We got a little bit of an offense here. These first couple drives have been moving the ball, but it all kind of went downhill after that. So yeah, exactly. After like the first drive of Rogers to Jones touchdown and interception for a touchdown, our defense holding them in the red zone to three points. You know, I was like, okay, the Packers are back. Like, we're going to go on to this game. My prediction is going to come true from last week. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'll be 35 to three or whatever. You know, yeah. it'll just crush. And uh, I was, the Packers are back in the game. You know, we're, yeah. we're a Super Bowl contender again. Everyone can shut up. I was not sweating anymore. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you weren't sweating. But yeah, yeah it, uh, it was a good defensive stand. Uh, like you were talking about on the previous play, too, at the field goal. But yeah. It, so many uh, of them through the game, but we'll, we'll probably get there. Yeah. Once again, if first half defense, pretty good. Second half defense, not so good. But I mean, even at the very end, they still held them. You know, first down ends the game. They they, yep. they held them to four yards. It, it just, I felt like they were fine. Yes. No. It's Especially for how much they had to play. Yes. It, that's one of the bigger you know? points. Yeah. Uh, the third pick six play moving on. Once again, don't remember the down and distance for this one, but we all know what it was. Heineke drops back, feels some pressure, throws it out wide, and oh, nope, oh, it's Rashawn Gary forces a fumble. Razul Douglas scoops it up off the ground, runs it back for a touchdown, but uh uh uh. Laundry on the field comes back. The refs called Eric Stokes for illegal contact, I believe, even though the running back ran directly into him. Brings back the touchdown and obviously, you know, would have been a 21 to three game. Not so fast, remained 13 to three, and we know how it ended. The refs were pretty suspect all game. I mean, just the fucking, the reviews, the the review that, uh, or challenge that LaFleur had on the fumble, it took legitimately 10 to 15 minutes until they figured that out. I think even um, all the games at noon on Sunday, the Packers were the last game to finish because of how many flags the refs threw and how. <laughs> how long the reviews were that they went over. I hate blaming the refs more than anything. It just seems like the biggest fan cop-out. But watching a game like this, it's tough not to be like, they were too involved. 
you know, you never want a ref to have a decision in the game as far as like the outcome. You want equal calls both ways. Like you don't even yep. want your team. There's been times where like as a Packer fan, you're like, ah, God, I hate, wish we didn't get that call towards us. I'd rather win without it. Yeah. And and this game just didn't feel good to watch uh, from the reverse side either. It sucks, too, because you're watching and especially when they're inconsistent, like if you're going to call that flag on Stokes, there was, you could have called a flag on most plays probably. Right. But it's just even the, one of the last drives we had, the last uh, touchdown drive to Aaron Jones, we had like three different penalties that we got that kept the drive going. And it's just you don't want to have that added variable if you could have no penalties in a single game like just give me that i don't right don't slow it down don't uh, need this bullshit the refs shouldn't be a center of attention or a focal point in the game you shouldn't be like oh and the refs out again you know you shouldn't call their name more than you do some of the players that are that are your yes. stars and we'll see i think this sunday too we have a pretty shitty uh refing crew but moving on the fourth pick six play all the way now uh with into the fourth quarter the score is 14 to 20 packers moving the ball finally a little bit again facing a fourth and one Rodgers drops back, throws out to the left to Romeo Dubs, who drops it, turned the ball over. Packers were out of shotgun. Uh, A.J. Dillon standing next to Aaron Rodgers did not run it, which is okay, but should have been a high percentage play. But Romeo Dubs unable to secure the catch, and the Packers turned the ball over on down, so the score remained 14-20. to 20. As a, Again, as a Packer fan here, it's really a bummer that our playmakers need to be these rookies who don't have experience catching these balls. It's, it's, it sucks because you want someone reliable. You know, obviously I hate to go Devonta. No, we don't need him. You need someone who's responsible and reliable to catch a ball. Someone who's done it for three years, four years. I mean, who has some kind of chemistry. Robert Tunyon is our most uh, uh, advanced uh, catcher right now on the field with chemistry and play with Aaron. It's it you know other than Aaron Jones obviously, but yeah, I mean it's it's he, not what you want. He yeah, I guess I don't know about going into Tunyon on fourth and. I'm one. not saying go to Tunyon on that play. I'm just saying it sucks that when you need, it sucks that that is our most chemistry player with him. I wish we had someone. Well, more and I mean, obviously Cobb not you know being hurt. He's probably the guy. But that Alan takes that Lazard, reception. Alan Lazard, Lazard was, sure. I think he was hurt at that time though in the fourth quarter. But I mean, even Sammy Watkins being a veteran is a little bit more reliable than Dubs at this point. But yeah, we'll see. The thing with him too is he's been having these drops and he you know started training camp too. I I don't think it's going to be a long term issue. That might be more optimistic than anything at this point. But. The thing with him, and we saw with Lazard last week where he made the catch and didn't tuck it, these guys aren't, they're making the catch a good chunk of the time, but it's the defense who's getting the hand on the ball afterwards or knocking their arm, and then they drop it. It's like, I don't know what's going on with Jason Vrabel, the wide receivers coach, but fuck, and I don't know shit, but just tuck these balls when you catch it. Watch next game when you're watching slow-mo, watch to see how many of our receivers tuck the ball right after they make the catch because it's few and far between for the most part well and i'm not down on dubs at all i'm not like anti him or anything i'm just bummed like i said that our core is so inexperienced and we don't have people to go to yeah and even like you know christian watson who's one of the other ones and he hasn't been able to stay healthy moving on to the next pick six play the very next drive packers obviously needing some type of stop facing a third and eight the packers rush five Devondre Campbell drops back in his zone and passes off Samuel to absolutely no one who's wide open. Heineke hits him, keeps running forward, gets some yards after the catch, and as he's going out of bounds, Eric Stokes gives him an extra little shove. 
for 15 more yards. Just this was like, okay, we really are imploding at this point. They did hold up and force them to kick a field goal, making it uh, for, or 14 to 23. But uh, yeah, not uh, not ideal. Well, why not just, you know, make sure they really get into field goal range there, mm-hmm. you know, secure that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, not so much. But uh, moving on, the final pick six play, you know, I could, this is after the Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Jones touchdown. So the score is now, you know, 21 to 23. But with just over two minutes left, third and nine, Packers rush four. This is when the, you know, the almost said the slur. The commanders are driving. They do get a little bit of pressure with just rushing the four guys. They had uh, Campbell spying there. Kenny hits Heineke as he's getting the ball off, floats it up, looked like an absolute duck, shitty ball, but just on the sideline, Terry McLaurin makes the catch right in front of Jair Alexander. Obviously, they pick up the the first down, and a couple plays later, they're, you know, forced to punt, but ate up more than enough time to force desperation for the final series for the Packers. And I, I really did think that was the nail in the coffin i didn't think we were going to be able to stop him again i mean we did and we had that little glimmer of hope Mm -hmm. but i at that point i was like okay the game's kind of over you know yeah pretty much it was that and that's like the closest we've had on schoolyard bullshit first the sammy watkins catch was like holy shit okay we've got a chance here and then right after that i was like there was so many like instances when dubs got the ball and started breaking i was like shit we might have a chance here and though it pissed me off at the very end Obviously, Rodgers threw it forward on his lateral, right. but the flag that they threw was unnecessary roughness on Yash Nyman. You watch the replay, he didn't do jack shit. He like blocked a guy. So even if we scored and even if Rodgers didn't throw it forward, it would have came back again for a bullshit penalty that the refs threw. So I, I guess I kind of wanted just to say, like I always used to think, oh, shitty teams do that like that pass play, right? And I'm always like, oh, we have Aaron Rodgers. We're just going to shoot a Hail Mary. And if anywhere 60 yards are in, like we just we have Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is the first time in my memory where we've been down and we have like a big play to make and we've done some schoolyard bullshit backwards laterals where we haven't just counted on like, okay, let's let's lob it up because we know the guy's got the arm. We know we got the receivers that we can trust. One of them might, you know, even only a 20 percent. Yeah. But like that fucking backwards lateral shit never works. Never works. Right. Right. Never. But the Hail Marys, we've seen those work, like not often, but there's at least a chance that you catch one. Rogers is like the best Hail Mary. Right. Or you get a penalty somewhere and you get the the pass interference downfield and, and you get another chance at it. So I guess like why didn't we do what we always do and try that instead of this like backwards lateral shit? Well, Why aren't the, we, we, we have the highest, second highest paid, whatever quarterback. Uh, fucking, what are we doing? It's probably because of his thumb. His thumb was limiting him a bit. And especially even with the receivers that they had out there. Okay. It, I mean, shit, it almost, it almost works. So I don't either way. I mean, no, I know. I'm just saying complaining about a desperation for the last play. 10 years. I know, but desperation plays Yeah. for the past 10 years. This is the first time we've ran that kind of desperation play. Well, that's that's that not recall. earlier okay. this year too. We had a schoolyard bullshit oh, we did. at the end of the game. Okay. I don't remember what game that was, but uh, yeah, shit, it might have even been against the Vikings. I'm I guess, not sure. I, I'm just used to seeing the magic, yes. you know, and right. I want more magic. Yes, we we're all looking for the magic. Yes. But moving on, uh, we're actually gonna throw it in right here. We'll talk about the offense, but to get it started, take news. Football time. <laughs> Take news. 
All right, take news for the week, starting things off. Aaron Rodgers obviously made his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show today, and I don't think it was as bad as last year when he set Twitter aflame with his uh, when he tested positive for COVID and then coming on. But this is definitely second place. Uh, when asked about, uh, well, we'll just get into it here. We'll talk. Uh, Matt Schneidman tweeted about it, which caused a bit of a stir. But here is Aaron Rodgers talking about, you know, the problems with the offense specifically in this game. How close are you? We hear people talk about like different players about their team. Oh, we're really close, even though they may be losing some games. Okay, we're close. We're almost there. We just got to figure it out. Do you feel like you guys are close? And it's just one player here or there? It's definitely not just one player here or there. Like I said, it's, you know, 20% of the time. If if we have 50 plays and we have 10 mental uh, misassignments or mental errors, that's 20% of the time. So that's way too high. You know, in the past, we're looking more like at, uh, you know, less than 10%. So it gives us, you know, a really good chance to be successful. 20% is too high. You know, that's, you know, that's um, you know, one play a series where you're really making it tough on yourself. So we got to fix that. And whatever that is, I think, you know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, we gotta gotta start cutting some reps, and maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. So we're we're gonna see. We made some changes. You know, last week we moved uh, Yash over to right right tackle. We moved John to right guard, um, Elton to left guard. So you know, we're we're doing some things. So after the game, especially on Twitter. And I'm sure there's a lot of other fans out there very upset with Aaron Rodgers. Terrible game. You know, wasn't very good. <laughs> a lot of, and I'll, I agree for the most part, a lot of inaccurate balls. A lot of them that were caught and even some of the drops could have been in better spots. We were used to seeing Rodgers hitting guys in stride or these swing passes out of the backfield. A little bit more accuracy. We haven't seen that as much this year. However... And this usually has been the case this year. Rodgers doesn't play like Aaron Rodgers, but he's not playing nearly as bad as we think he is. We get to the end of the game, it's like, fuck, we only, the offense only put up 14 points. What the hell happened? And Rodgers kind of goes over that here. Now he's talking about maybe you know taking reps away from guys who aren't performing well or making these mental mistakes. Once again, everyone's like, ah, Aaron Rodgers, he's the biggest problem. We should have traded him. We should trade him now. Like, these are what actual fans are saying. Everyone's saying that. A lot of people are and saying that. And that's Reddit, 100%. So, so I went through, and when I rewatched the game, I wrote down what happened on all these drives. So these are excluding the end of the half drive where there's like less than a minute left and yep. you're on the one and the end of the game bullshit drive. Sure. These are all the drives. Drive number one. Drop on third down, Alan Lazard, punt. Drive number two, no drops, no penalties, touchdown. This was the only drive all day where there wasn't a drop and there wasn't a hold. Third drive, holding penalty, first and 20. Next play, Dubs drops a screen. They eventually punt. Fourth drive, first down, Aaron Jones. It's when he reverses the field. Oh, yep. Loses six yards. So now you're at second and 16. They aren't able, <laughs> that's followed up by a hold to make it second and 25. And then on second down, Tunyon drops it. They're not able to convert on yeah. third and 25. Fifth drive, holding penalty on first down, first and 20. Then on third down, 
Romeo Dubs drop. Ball could have been a little bit higher, a little bit better from Rodgers, but hit his hands. Drop is a drop. Rodgers could have been better. Dubs could have been better. Still a holding penalty. Sixth drive. Drop from Romeo Dubs on third and two. Tough ball. Could have caught it. This was the fingertip ball, but another drop ball. Your receiver in the NFL should catch that ball. Yep. Seventh. Seventh drive. Illegal formation on first down. Doesn't matter. Aaron Jones uh, eventually picks it up. But this was the drive where Romeo Dubs drops the ball on fourth down. Eighth drive. Touchdown drive. Amari had a drop deep, but sure. this is also a drive that uh, that was helped very much by the refs calling three different penalties to give the Packers first downs. And those are all the drives in the game. Right. So legitimately, if it, and it's stupid shit, but we've said it before, make the plays that are there. And Rogers talked about a little bit last week with this whole what's the simplification thing. If we can just run some basic ass offense, catch the ball and don't get stupid penalties. I mean, what, what you're trying to say is first and 10 is a lot easier to convert than second and 16. Yeah, they're stubbing the, themselves on the foot and Rodgers can make the plays that are there, but he can't always be Magical. Aaron Rodgers. I right. mean, he's 38 years old. He's going to be 39 in a couple weeks here. He should absolutely be playing better. But if you are just so butthurt about Rodgers play this year, there are so many problems. He's one of the problems but he isn't the sole problem on this offense. I actually agree with what Rodgers is saying, and I've said this before. I think I said it last week, or maybe I was just bullshitting over the weekend, but our offense besides Rodgers is not set up for Rodgers, meaning if he can throw a magical ball, uh, you still need someone to catch it and a <laughs> magical catch. So what is yes. our offense is set up for is, you know, we have the running backs and tight ends, quick passes that any quarterback for the most part could complete so quick little slants or, or, or quick little chucks that Rodgers can do all day but so can 90 percent of nfl quarterbacks so we have a guy who can put it you know right in between uh two cornerbacks and and right in stride but our receivers aren't getting there right. and aren't able to put their fingers within that two inch zone as well so when you have a Devonte, it's magic right you can do it all all fucking day 10 receptions but there's no point now because we have fucking dubs as our number one or you know well, two in lazard it, it's what what is it i i know what you're saying but and that is kind of what they tried to run on sunday that was the most dink and dunk right and i, game I plan yeah yeah absolutely had. but it's the mistakes then so then they yes. say we simplified it to not do crazy stuff but now stop getting holding calls and and, and stop fucking up right well like roger said in the clip too it's the players who need to perform but yeah, that uh, that's what we have for take news. It's just I understand being upset with Rodgers, but we gotta you gotta watch the game or actually see he's he could be playing better, but there's a lot of issues going on in this offense. Um, but yeah, sticking with Rodgers once again, his stats for the game: twenty three for thirty five, one hundred ninety four yards, two touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. Once again, didn't play great, but he could have been a lot worse. And once again, back to back weeks. Last week, it was the Lazard play down the sideline, and this one, that touchdown to Aaron Jones, just beautiful. It's nice to see no sacks. Yeah. Finally, it, uh, once know. again, it was that quick game stuff that they were doing, and it helped up. It helped him out. It kept him upright. He, I feel like he still felt some uh, phantom pressure at times, sure. but overall, can't, can't complain too much there. Moving on to running back, Aaron Jones, you know, he's... Once again, he is the best player on the offense. The He's the best running back in Packers history. However, he just had eight carries, 23 yards, a 2.9 average. He did, however, have nine receptions for 53 yards and the two touchdowns. 
I, I was going to say, just like you said, yeah, they didn't hand him the ball off, but they got him just as much touches as you would hope for it by combination yes. there. And those keep a lot of those plays open to, you know, if you see a big receiver out open. So yep. and that's, I, I love that. For and him. that's what uh, LaFleur said on Monday, too, is they technically counted two or three of those receptions he had as runs. Right. And I'll say this, too. So we've I've talked shit a ton about running it out of shotgun this year right now. And LaFleur did say this yesterday that they have been a little limited on offense because of that thumb. Rogers doesn't want to take the snaps under center because of, you know, the pain he's feeling from that thumb. So that's why they've pulled back on that. Obviously, that's just an excuse for the last two weeks. But either way, anyways, getting back to the shotgun run. Aaron Jones, and we saw it in this game, the most successful play that we had on Sunday were those quick pitches to the outside. And if you're going to run out of shotgun, this is the way to do it. I've been saying it all year, you know, especially with A.J. Dillon, you line up, he's set, set up right next to him, get the snap, and then you've got to move. A.J. Dillon has to move laterally. He has to get the snap, and then he's got to redirect and run forward. On these quick pitches, Rodgers gets the snap and he just fucking chucks it immediately to Aaron Jones, who's already quick. And I mean, the time from snap to, you know, running to the line of scrimmage has to be cut in half when we're running these plays. And we saw, I don't think a single one of those run plays went for less than five yards on Sunday. I mean, they're explosive. He's explosive. It's that's, that's what's fun to watch. And once again, it's when we're always in these, especially on Sunday, these bad down and distances, Aaron Jones just makes up yards that shouldn't be there. Uh, moving on to A.J. Dillon, like I talked about, not a very good game. Only four carries. He uh, He's getting involved less and less every week. Um, for instance, Aaron Jones, he was part of 40% of the plays on Sunday. A.J. Dillon, like I said, just four carries and no reception. So we'll see what happens with him, but obviously his snaps are taking a bit of a dive right now. Moving on to wide receiver. Alan Lazard, leading receiver on the day, six receptions, 55 yards. Biggest thing with him, though, was getting hurt. He was seen on Monday wearing a sling. So we'll see what happens there. He's hurt. Uh, Randall Cobb is hurt. Christian Watson might be practicing this week. We'll see. Sammy Watkins just got back, but his hammy's still a little tough. So we'll see. I don't. It, I wouldn't be shocked if Lazard... Um, does play on Sunday because it doesn't look like it's a broken collarbone or something or a break like that. So we'll see if it was something long-term. I feel like we would have heard about it by now, but this does bring up the question, Andrew, do the Green Bay Packers, you know, we're a week away now from the trade deadline. Do they need to make a move and trade for a wide receiver? I was going to hope you would ask, and oh. I was going to ask if you didn't. I, of course, I mean, look at, look at the, our wide receiver roster right now. Is yeah. that a roster that you or anyone without laughing could say, oh, they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs. I I don't think they are that bad. It's just, it's once again, those things of doing the right thing and making the catch that's there. So if that's the, if we, let me start saying this. I think we should trade for a wide receiver. Reason being, I don't, I don't really care for the on-field production, but trading for a wide receiver, if nothing else, it sends a message to the team that one, you're trying, and two, hey, we got to buck up and be a little bit better. It sends that type of message. This past year, I don't follow the Brewers that much anymore, but they traded away at, right before the trade deadline. Their relief pitcher, uh, Hater, wasn't having a good year, but he was a pretty great pitcher. Uh, ended up turning it around, was pretty solid for the Padres who they traded him to. However, more than anything, 
that locker room, the clubhouse for the Brewers were broken after that because it, it looked like, you know, I mean, they were selling, but it was like there wasn't a belief in the team and the Brewers season shit the bed, went downhill sure. after that. Now, I'm not saying selling here. Some people are saying the Packers should be sellers, which I think is ridiculous. But either way, doing that type of move, it's like, hey, I know we've got a losing record right now, but we've we can still turn this shit around. We believe in this team. We believe in our offense and our defense. And here's one piece that you guys might help. So you got Aaron Rodgers for two more years or this year and two more years, right? Your goal with that contractually, he could retire. I think sure. he'll play one more year, depending on how this your, your goal with that is to obviously win a Super Bowl. Yes. Right. That's why you signed him for three more years or True. two or three more years, whatever. This is a fact. You, you, you have to give him an opportunity. And to do that, yes, you need to, to trade for a, a, a fucking receiver. Yeah, who is it? I think so. Who it, do you want? Who, I see I, a lot of CeeDee Lamb out there. That's no. Is that not what I see? I haven't heard that once. Really? Lamb? I, I see that all over. He is an elite player. There's no way. I think I see like people, I think I think you're thinking Chase Claypool. I might be, but I thought it was Lamb. <laughs> There's zero percent chance that the Cowboys okay. would trade him. He's very late. Yeah, I don't know if it would be Claypool. I don't love Claypool. I don't think he's a great locker room guy, but I would take any type of talent right now. There's Judy for the Broncos. There's Hamler for the Broncos. I really don't give a shit. Just give us someone. But once again, like you're saying, and like I've said, it's these little things that matter. It's very tough unless you're getting a good veteran wide out to just sign with the team and then be a part of this offense and not fuck up. So we'll see what happens. A lot of injuries. Hopefully Christian Watson can practice this week. But yeah, we'll... Hopefully, maybe we'll even have news while we're recording that we made a trade. God, for that'd be nice. I, I highly doubt that. Um, when but, is the actual deadline? End of Sunday or something? I believe it's next Tuesday or okay. Wednesday. So, so after this week, we could still add someone else in. Correct. I'm not sure. We might record after the deadline. I don't, I don't remember. Sure. But moving on, uh, we talked about him a little bit. Romeo Dubs, he had four targets, three or four drops, whichever way you want to look at it. You know, ugh, there was another thing, too, where that that bad ball that Rodgers threw, that deep one to Romeo in the first half, I believe. That's another thing. When Rodgers is saying that we need to take reps from guys, he might be talking about the offensive line, might be talking about Yash Nyman because he had a couple holding penalties. But I really think he's talking about Romeo Dubs. Unfortunately, these drops and the missed assignments, like I was saying, the uh, that missed time deep bomb to Dubs, it looks like Dubs kept running the route that the play was, but when the play breaks down like it did, you're just supposed to run a go. That's what Rodgers threw, so I think it's kind of that mental mistake type deal that uh, Rodgers talked about on McAfee as well. Huge misses that affect the game. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to Sammy Watkins, finished with the two receptions, 36 yards. Nice to see him back out there. I couldn't believe that that play was complete, uh, that last completion that we had, but... He's looking, the story with his hammy is very strange as well. When he talked to the media last week, it was something that he, in that last game that he played in against the Bears, I believe, he said he was running at 80% because his hammy didn't feel very good. Then that next week of practice, he was running at like 70% the whole practice. And then the very last play, he gave it his all. And that's when his, he heard a pop. And he was obviously out for those four weeks. But even watching him on Sunday, he's just lumbering around at times. Right. So we'll have to see. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if I'm a betting man, I would say Sammy Watkins is probably going to miss another game this year. I feel like that's a pretty pretty easy I bet mean, today. has Sammy Watkins ever gone a full season with 
maybe like his rookie year oh, okay. very early on like say. he had a couple healthy seasons but yeah that's that's about it uh moving on amari rogers we'll talk about him obviously with the special yeah. teams again too i'm maybe we don't, don't have, have to talk about yeah. him more, right <laughs> but he didn't look terrible at wide out he had the one nice catch yeah. uh right at the line of scrimmage ran up and picked picked up the first down and got close to it he had the deep bomb drop god fucking ryan wood ryan wood said that that's a catch he has to make I think it's kind of iffy. He is a shorter receiver. It did hit his hands, but he was diving forward. Could have made the play. You liked for Amari how much it's been down for him his whole career. That play would have been a, oh, shit. Okay, maybe maybe he can play with Lazard. A huge prob- turning point for him. Yes, and with Lazard and Cobb being hurt, i I very curious to see what we see from Amari Rogers on it, Sunday. It would really put the fans back on his side if he could have saved that ball. <sighs> we'll see. Though, honestly, it's both Rogers are getting all yeah. the shit on uh, social media right now. And then Sammy Ture, the seventh-round draft pick from Nebraska, had his first career reception. We'll probably see a little bit he more He just got him. brought it from the practice squad, right? Is yep. that who it was? Uh, okay. No, he's been on the 53 all year, but this was the first time he actually suited okay. up and played. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, moving on to tight end, not too much to talk about Robert Tunyon, the three receptions, 32 yards. DeGuara, we still keep waiting to see more from him. I'm fine with seeing less of uh, Tyler Davis, but DeGuara, I don't know. He's pretty good on these blocking plays as well. I feel like the more we see the big boys like Big Dog and DeGuara, it means we're running more. We're doing more play action, more stuff close to the line. We're probably going to see more of them too, depending on what happens with the offensive line here going back and forth. But uh, yeah, that's, that's about it for tight ends. Speaking of the offensive line, Late news during the weekend. Obviously, David Bakhtari popped up on the injury report being questionable on Saturday. Pretty bad uh, juju there. And of course, he did not play on Sunday. There was a lot of talk going into the game that there would be a reshuffling. And that is what happened. But there had to be reshuffling on top of the reshuffling. Obviously, going from left to right, the starting line on Sunday was Zach Tom at left tackle. Elton Jenkins, who got flipped to the left side, which is probably his best position playing left guard. Josh Myers stayed at center. John Runyon moved over to right guard. And Yash Nyman, who's only played left tackle in his career in the NFL, played right tackle. So we had three guys in this game who played. They might have had one or two snaps in the past, but they started at positions, three guys that have never played that position in the NFL. Wild. And they, you know, pretty good. No yeah. sacks allowed. Couple pressures. I do, my conspiracy brain, wonder if... David Bakhtari was never going to play in this game, whether he told the team. I mean, that's probably a little too dramatic. Why would you say that? Because FedEx Field is the... We talk shit about Soldier Field. Oh, right. This is the second worst. Yeah. Yeah. FedEx Field is worse than Soldier Field. Soldier Field is bad, but it's like comically bad for how they literally keep the grass long and stuff. Well, at least it's a real field, right? Like it's actual grass. Yeah. And I guess I'm not quite sure what the commanders have, but... It's turf over like cement. Yeah. It is like no padding. I was actually going to ask you about that last week going into this, and I forgot. I think I brought it up. You might have, yeah, but it's like turf over concrete or something like that. And it's, yeah, you did bring it up because you used to watch it for injuries. Yeah, it's terrible because it obviously kind of ended RG3's career as well. And there's always been trouble in Washington. So I wonder how much of that played into it. But yeah, nice to see this. There was the big quote after the game where Zach Tom said that, uh, you know, when he went to bed on Saturday, he didn't know if he was playing. He didn't think he was playing. Woke up Sunday and he said it wasn't surprising just because of the way David Bakhtari looks when he practices. So not good vibes on the offensive line. Still better vibes, I guess, but we'll see. And I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised if David Bakhtari plays on Sunday and plays every single snap 
because he rested up and we'll see if my conspiracy theory was right. I was just going to ask you if you if you think that was what's going to happen. Now, is it the same injury as before? He just wasn't 100% on it? It's still his knee. Yeah, there's a, it fluctuates. It fills up with fluid. He feels soreness. It's not good. Sure. But, and he doesn't want to re-injure it, obviously. It, it's his yeah. body and his career. Yeah, and every, you know, if everyone you, has a body. If you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? Well, yeah, you have to live inside of your body. Exactly. So. Uh, but yeah, Zach Tom, the rookie, playing left tackle, finally. I still probably would have kept him at right tackle and keep Yash on the left side, but who really gives a shit? I'm just glad Newman was benched. And Tom, you watch him play. He really quick feet. He's very athletic. He gets in front of the guys. I hate seeing number 50 on the offensive line. It's just a disgusting number. But man, he gets pushed around. He's He gets in the way of guys, but much like David Bakhtiari, his rookie year, or Jason Spriggs back in the day, Tom has got to put on weight if he's going to be a competent NFL sure. tackle. But either way, he's a competent NFL lineman, which Royce Newman is not. And we'll take it. Yep. And with that, we will take a quick commercial break. And we are back with the defense. Uh, defense, not too bad. Uh, they let up 23 points. They also scored seven points. But second week in a row, and we kind of mentioned it early on, even after the Amari Rogers muff, they held him to a field goal. But once again, second week in a row where the team had solid red zone defense, Washington had a first and goal from the five and a first and goal from the seven with eight minutes left. And both of those ended in field goals, which is, you know, the typical bend don't break. Uh, nice to see. Well, kind of nice to see Barry let Jair shadow Terry in the game. A lot of people I saw Aaron Nagler from Cheesehead TV say that Jair didn't play a bad game, but in my eyes, I mean, I guess I could have talked about them. Well, we'll get right into it. Secondary, Jair Alexander shadowed Terry in the game. He did allow the touchdown. It was a very impressive throw and catch. He did allow uh, on the final drive of the game, there was a third down. Jair was covering Terry, and he slipped. Terry made the catch, picked up the first down, and then the final play, the last pick six play that we had, that third and eight, that little kind of prayer thrown to the sideline. Jair was in coverage. Did allow it. I mean, he was sticky all day. He's fucking smacking the running backs. He's always very physical. He's an excellent player. But man, for the shutdown corner being the highest paid corner in the league, he makes one of those plays. And once again, we we could have won the game. Whole game changes there. Yeah. I mean, as a whole, I know we're going to break down the defense individually. I am happy with how the defense did. Yes. It's, God, it's so damn tough. And we'll stick with it here, too. They had four or five balls. Just in the first half, I think, that could have gotten picked off. Razul Douglas had like two in his minutes. Jair had a close one, too. I forgot who else, but so many close plays. And Jerry Gray, the secondary coach, he said it earlier this year that he thinks picks come in bunches. I think he said that week one or week two, but man, it's just the juju and the luck is so bad with this team right now where we just can't make, even on defense, the plays that are there. Now, obviously, these guys are defensive backs and they can't catch as well, but fuck. Just one of those would have once again just switched the game all around. But I mean, I know obviously, you know, Taylor Henneke is nothing to write home about, but holding him to 20 for 33 is is good as a whole, I think, right? Any quarterback. I mean, that's a pretty good uh, stat to, to hold the defense, especially with how many opportunities they had. Yeah, you know? but I mean, he's still he's still a backup quarterback. Right. You weren't expecting that much from him. But yes, I mean... I don't know. It you expect with this type of performance to be enough for the offensive, you know, sure, win the sure. game for you. Uh, Eric Stokes, you know, I've kind of vouched for him this year, but he's officially having a sophomore slump. He had the penalty uh, for the 15 yards, the unnecessary bullshit that he did. 
and he also got lost in coverage in times. A few t- it very often it seems like Stokes and Savage are passing off guys in zones to nobody. Uh, Adrian Amos, once again, great touchdown saving tackle. Gibson early in the first half, I believe. Shoestring tackle. He doesn't make that play. Gibson for sure scores a touchdown. It makes me think again, and I think I said it last year too. I'm not a believer in Darnell Savage. He makes a lot of mistakes, and I wish we did not pick up the fifth-year option. It was also strange that we gave Adrian Amos void years on his contract this offseason instead of just giving him an extension. So this is probably his last year with the team, and if it were up to me, I would have kept the old Wiley veteran instead of the young Darnell Savage, but that is just me. Moving on to inside linebacker, Devondre Campbell and Walker once again had flashes, but haven't played very well together. They're especially in pass coverages, like they cannot pass off guys. There was a third down play where Terry just ran past each of them. Neither seemed to pick him up, picked up the first down. And Walker, he's bounced back a bit in the run game. He had six run stops, which is a good bounce back from him. He's a little bit better at finding these zones, um, these lanes in the run game on the line. But man, again, it's sometimes in coverage, he looks lost. Nice to see us blitzing him a little bit more though. Um, Moving on to outside linebacker, Rashawn Gary, really bad at setting the edge. I mean, he's he's the best defensive player on this team probably right now, but my God, in the run game, he's terrible. We haven't had uh, PFF games much lately, but pro football focus gave him a 90 when it came as an edge rusher pass rushing and a 50 as a run defender. There was, there was one drive where it seemed like they just ran to the right side towards him and they would pick up 10 yards at least. The discrepancy in that is crazy. Yeah, and it's it's tough because, uh, well, we'll get to it right now. J.J. Anakbari, he's going to be a great player, the rookie fifth-round pick. He had a sack in this game. He had a nice pressure in this game that was almost a strip, strip sack, but he's someone who struggles setting the edge too, and it's like, man, I understand getting, getting aggressive because that's what we want from this defense, but at the same time, the run D is a little bit more important than uh, making these sacks at this point. So, How many sacks do we have as a defense? The Green Bay Packers have 15 sacks on the season, which ties them for 16th in the NFL. So they're right in the middle currently. So That's nothing to complain about, I guess. Yeah, it could be a little bit better. I mean, we do get a lot of pressures, and you know the coaching staff says this, and I agree that pressures are more important than sacks as long as you're affecting the play. You know, it, it means you're more consistently. Sometimes sacks can be a little bit more lucky. But yes, um, Preston Smith, he's had a very solid season as well. He seems to be booking the trend of playing well every other year. If there is an edge player on this team who does set the edge, it's him. And it was nice to see him playing this game, play halfway decent as well. His former team, he was a second round pick for uh, from Washington. And the only game he's missed in his NFL career was last year when he got injured before they played the Washington football team. Oh, that's at the time. funny. So, yeah, he was finally able to play them. But uh, yeah, either way, I'm going to say it again. J.J. Anagbari, I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's probably playing well enough that we'll keep Preston next year, but we'll probably cut him after that because that contract is pretty expensive. Moving on to the defensive line. Kenny Clark is, once again, the only guy to talk about. He had five pressures. The only other lineman with a pressure was Jerron Reed with two. Not good. And I don't know, the running game, still not great, but they still gave up 4.4 yards a carry. I believe uh, Gibson was averaging over five yards a carry. Not very good, but overall, the defense, pretty solid. If, you know, if 
if I had to choose to get that performance again or a new one, I would take that performance again personally. Yeah, sure. Cool. Thank you for agreeing with me. And moving on to special teams, Pat O'Donnell is a great punter right in the middle of the league as far as net average goes. But Amari Rogers, we just, once again, it's two fumbles in three weeks. I still think he literally cost us a game. I feel bad, but I'm going to be very, very mad when he's probably out there returning punts on Sunday. Uh, Rich Basaccia last week said, what are we going to do, shit can the guy? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, we should probably shit can him off special teams at least. I mean, what what's the advantage of, of keeping him to keep making mistakes? How many opportunities do you give a guy when it matters? I don't know, but we don't want to hurt his feelings. So that, that sure. that's what fucking pissed me off so much, too. It really seems like with Royce Newman and with Amari Rogers, it's like we don't want to make these changes because we're going to screw up their mojo, their fragile mental state, which... But it's that's not, that's not what this league is about, obviously. I mean, we know yeah. that, of course. Anyone watching knows... Who fucking cares? Yeah, and I feel bad, but once again... We, it's a business. We, you took, know. we took Royce Newman off the field, and we gave up zero sacks in this game. Obviously, we had to change the game plan a little bit, too, but just fucking... Come on. Unbelievable. But with that, Andrew, is Kyle an idiot? Love it. I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. All right, is Kyle an idiot for the week? Andrew, we don't have to talk about the yeah, record. Yeah, let's just move on. We don't need to anymore. You have like three or four right on the year. I'm I don't think going had... for a mutual record with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, you were 0-3 last week, so <laughs> hopefully you can do better than that. All right, Packers trivia. Andrew, your first question. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Your favorite ones. Andrew, which one of these names is one of a former Packer? Craig Lumpkin? Greg Turkenton, Mark Krungbin. God, all those names are so gross. <laughs> They're all so disgusting. <laughs> I, I found the one that's the player, oh, and, I was, and then I found a second yeah. one that was equally disgusting and I, rolled with it. I need to hear um, B again, please, because that's the one so far. Greg, T- Greg Turkenton. Yeah, I'm going B, Greg Turkenton. All right. Andrew, I'll start by saying C. Mark Krungbin, that isn't a real person, but Krungbin is a band that I like. Cool. Okay. B, Greg Turkington. He is an actor. He is on with Tim Heidecker, his, uh, what is it, movies, uh, c- cinema. God damn. Something cinema. I, I didn't know there were many NFL players that also acted. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. The actual former Packer <laughs> is Craig Lumpkin. He, I think he stuck on the 53 at one point, but uh, he, uh, he, Played with us in a preseason one year, and I still remember my dad saying, oh, there goes Lumpy. He really liked uh, Craig <laughs> Okay, but that's fair. Moving on, 0-1-1. Andrew, your second question. Who has the least amount of receiving yards between Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and Romeo Dubs this year? This year. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was like, you could give me a really easy one if you <laughs> wanted to there. Um, Alan Lazard. It is Romeo Dubs. Okay. Uh, Alan Lazard is the leading receiver. Randall Cobb is after him. But yeah, especially after last week. when well, Romeo zero, I know Dubs had zero last, last week, and I thought that's maybe why it was like a trick. But you were just throwing me a softball. So nope. I went I went the other way. I was like, oh, well, it can't be. It can't be Lazard. Yes. You know, so I was like, it must <laughs> yeah. be Lazard. Snip, snap, you know? snip. I wouldn't be surprised if Dubs has like the first most targets in, on the team and, or right. probably the second most. Because even this week had, what, four? With yeah. no catches? Yeah, not not so good. Okay. So, 0 for 2, hey. and I think you're going to... One more. Well, you got a chance here. Let's see. Good, good, good. 
All right, Andrew, we are playing the Buffalo Bills this week. We are. The last time the Packers played in Buffalo was 2014. Who on the Green Bay Packers had a terrible drop that would have been a 95-yard touchdown in this game? Okay. Did no. he also... <laughs> is it the same person who also uh, fumbled in our own end zone to cost us a game when he should have just taken a knee? He, no, he didn't fumble. He tried to run it out, and he... He either fumbled or got sacked on like the two yard line. And like he just should have taken a knee and it cost us the entire fucking game. And then we traded him like two weeks later. Um, he was a wide receiver who we traded. And he, I want to say his name starts with a T. Um, I don't know. Are but you thinking you, of Ty Montgomery? I am. Is it him? It is not. Okay. That it was, was my guess. It was Jordy Nelson. No, the oh. Ty Montgomery kick return. That was 2018. Okay. And yes, he was literally traded that week. He was kind of a weirdo in the locker room after two, not answering questions and he felt like his team kind of abandoned him after he did that even though he elected to run it out of the end zone instead of giving Aaron Rodgers a chance with like under a minute left to win the game the, the whole thing I remember just like being so mad yeah that and that Jordy Nelson played too that one Packers would have won that game they ended up losing I believe but that would have been the longest touchdown pass in Rodgers career and it just boop, wow. went right off his mitt so yeah very good Andrew Owen three once again you are shocking so i don't shocking. remember the last time God, you got a question right you know I, I i think it's the new office mojo just bad in here we got to go back <laughs> down to the basement um i had a couple right down there at least let me pull up my question here for you uh, yes my penny. god and now that i'm reading this again like i just hope that i recorded it right and read it all correctly no oh god all right which packer has the most single game touchdowns and how many bonus points if you know when that record was what do you mean by touch are you saying scoring touchdowns or throwing touchdowns? scoring touchdowns excuse me god i don't know that's that's a good question i i wouldn't be shocked if it was aaron jones but it's probably not him um god to be fair i've never heard of this player myself okay good so it's early on i'm gonna guess don hudson then it is not this is my first stump spenny i believe uh no i think no? you had me on another I did don't i remember. okay either way either who uh paul hornung Paul Horning. Paul Horning. I don't know. It's spelled Horn Nung. I'm telling you so, it's Paul Horning. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Horning. He had uh, five touchdowns against Baltimore Colts back in December of 1965. I like the way you read because it's like you're learning how uh -huh. to read. <laughs> I am. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I wrote this down way earlier. Yeah. Uh, so actually, I'm. My fiance wrote it down for me mm. and sent it to me because I asked her for help ah, with some of these go. questions. You know. Yeah. No. Paul so. Horning was. Uh, Great player, drafted out of Notre Dame, the Golden Did Boy. He died two years ago, I believe. Oh. And here's a fun fact for you. He is the only player. He wore number five, was a running back. His number isn't retired, but they do not give that number out. It's very... How it's interesting. Very yeah, they've been doing it forever, and now he's dead, so it's like, well... There's no point in giving him the retiring. Right. Maybe you could, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's huh. a strange situation. Sometimes in training camps, they'll give someone number five, but sure, they, it's but never... No one's taking it into the, into the yeah. roster. Okay, cool. Huh. So, yeah, that was good. That was, was actually cool. pretty... You know, I would say it was a good stump spenny question, but the fact you didn't know how to pronounce Paul Horning... Yeah, well... Then it blame me, goofy. but give the credit to the finder of the question. Sure. So there we there we, go. <laughs> there we go. I love that. All right. And now moving on to the preview 
of the I've actually Bills been game. so like bummed out about the game um that I haven't even looked I've, at like oh, the I'm God. saying like the odds, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. not like bummed about the game, so I'm just saying usually I'm pumped to look at like the next week's over under all that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna pull it up as we speak here <laughs> yeah, because I just no, I, I got it all for us. But okay, yes, cool. we are playing the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football, a seven twenty kickoff, Mike Trico and Chris Collinsworth, the announcing duo, which I think Sunday night football is still probably my favorite coverage. Uh Aikman and Buck are Probably my two favorite announcers, mostly because Buck is so good, but we'll continue anyways. The Packers are getting 10 and a half points. This is the first time, I believe, in Aaron Rodgers' career that he is a double-digit underdog. The over-under in this game is 47 and a half points. The Buffalo Bills, if you've been living under a rock, are a very good football team. They are 5-1. and one. The only loss was to Miami, but the Bills are also coming off a bye week and currently have a three-game winning streak. Um, and also, once again, in is this case- game in St. Louis? <laughs> Sorry, I know you said I was. I was thinking about the over under. Uh, no, this this game is in Buffalo. Not sorry, Saint sorry, Lewis. sorry. Yeah, fuck. So we have everything going against us. Well, well. Let's see. Let's look at these quick stats here before we dive into the actual players on offense. The Buffalo Bills are number one in yards per game, number two in points per game, and they are the best third down offense in the league. But yeah, let's move on. Let's see how the defense is. The defense, number one in points per game, number one in yards per game, second in creating turnovers, and fourth in sacks per play. This is a very good football team. A little reminiscent of the 1996 Green Bay Packers, who were the number one scoring offense and defense. They went on to win the Super Bowl. But yes, uh, very, very good. The only weakness, just looking at the stats, that I found was that the offense does turn the ball over quite a bit. It's like 1.7 turnovers per game. They're 25th in the league in turnovers. So who beat them? Miami. I just said oh, Miami. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. How it, did Miami beat them? They what were in they Miami. Buffalo oh, they got probably. that heat difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the offense. Once again, Josh Allen and the offense is fucking incredible. MVP type year. He is first in yards per game. He also has... 257 yards, which is one more than their starting running back. It's also 46 yards less than A.J. Dillon, if you want another gauge of how much he's been running. He has 17 touchdowns, which is second in the league, and this is once again coming off a bye. The number one receiver, Stephon Diggs, who we're very familiar with, leads the team with 656 yards in six games. Uh, Gabe Davis is having a breakout year. He has 383 yards. He's a great player. And so is Isaiah McKenzie. Their other wideout, someone else to pay attention to. So they got three studs at wideout. Uh, Dawson Knox is a very solid tight end for them and just got paid big this offseason. Devin Singletary, like I said, is their leading rusher, 256 yards. And he's getting 4.5 yards of carry. So pretty, pretty solid on offense. On defense, like I said, pretty good. Jordan Pryor, their safety, has four picks on the year, and the defense as a whole has 10. Former Packers safety, Micah Hyde, is out for the season. I forgot what injury it is, but he is gone. Uh, Von Miller, six sacks on the season. Their edge player, very, very good offseason signing. And Greg Russo, their first-round pick from last year, has four sacks. So very, very good team. Tough to find a weakness. And we'll see what happens. Talking about this game, and Roger said it after the game too, where he kind of likes, <laughs> I'm sure he'd want more wins, but being in the spot as the underdog is a different feel for this team. Kind of a nice spot to be in. I love Matt LaFleur. I like Matt LaFleur as a head coach, but it's kind of a funny situation where I would almost feel better 
if Mike McCarthy was our head coach because he was really good in these shit games like when Matt Flynn had to play against the Patriots and these other when Matt Flynn had to play against the Cowboys where everything's pointing at us not winning but somehow he finds it, weaknesses and, and, and exploits them. If it's a surprise onside kick or sticking with the run game or forcing turnovers, yes, there's been a lot of good mojo in those with Mike McCarthy, but I don't know. I hate to be a fucking downer here, but like <laughs> what everything you just said makes me feel awful going into this Sunday mm-hmm, night game. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can possibly think of is like Aaron Rodgers loves prime time. I mean, maybe that, maybe he didn't want his turnaround season to happen on a noon uh, uh, you know, against on a, a noon game, uh, at noon uh, in a game where no one's watching. I don't know. I, yeah, maybe he wanted prime time to say, "Look, we're fucking back. We beat the Bills, baby." And yeah, if they do beat the Bills, we're gonna break some tables. Well, I we, don't know. <laughs> I did say it last week or the week before too with how bad this team is. It's like, and once again, it's Twitter was on fire again today with all the Rogers quotes and how bad the teams looked and all this. If we beat the Bills. It will be it will be a new season again. It's like, it's Imagine like, it's like the Imagine. season would just start over. So well, well that and maybe there's an off chance where like the Bills are like fuck it, the Packers suck this year. Let's go get drunk on Saturday. You know, obviously it's not happening right. like that, but they're not preparing as much as they could be but or that's, something. That's what's tough too is they're coming off a bye week, so yeah. they even had an extra week at Ugh. least the coaching staff to prepare to prepare. So. Maybe everyone just got lazy. I, mean, I don't know. Hope. That's, I don't know. That's what we're kind of hoping yeah. for. But like I said, they've turned the ball over quite a bit. Josh Allen is a very good quarterback. And our defense is good. I mean, our defense is we're, solid. We're pretty solid. And I said it earlier, too, on this episode. Picks, turnovers, Jerry Gray has said come in bunches. Maybe. I mean, that is probably the number one formula to win this game is to jump some balls, get some picks. But yeah, it's going to probably be tough sledding. I hope it's a good game. It could be a blowout. Maybe we'll eke one out. I think it could be weird, but I would love it if it was weird. I'm gonna I'm mm. gonna go ahead right now and give my uh my bet. Perfect. My lock. Yes, the uh what, my lock. guaranteed to guaranteed lose. to lose. Yes, please tell me no one drove to Iowa. God, I would feel so bad if you did. At yes, la- last week once again, um, and Andrew and I talked about this before we started recording. How these. I mean, he's obviously an idiot, but now it seems to be jinxing <laughs> the team as in general. Last week, he said, uh, "What take take whatever the odds were for the, for the Packers pack to, to win, win the, the NFC North to win the NFC North." It was plus two twenty five. I haven't even looked to see what it is now. I don't it's want to. Probably doubled. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I don't even know what the line is. I'm just saying the under because I, I want our run defense to show something here against 47 Singletary. and a half, which is kind of an odd number. Just no, no. Sorry, I'm sorry involved. for the total yards on oh. Singletary. Uh, oh. I want the under. Okay. I want the under because I want the Packers defense to come fucking stomping. Okay. Whatever that number is. I yeah, like the under. I mean, they're probably going to throw is. a lot too, but yep. yes. Okay. I like that. That's I hope so. Rushing yards on the under or, you know, keeping them, hold them down to it. I understand. Yes. Good. Okay. Well, good. we shall see. Hopefully we hold him to it. They don't have a very good run game. Like I said, right. AJ, AJ Dillon even has more yards than, than this guy. So. Right. Oh, yeah. So that's Same what I'm kind of hoping for. We can keep him, keep him down low and force him to throw the ball. And if that's the case, our cornerbacks are decent too. You know, I think there is a way our defense holds them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, plays to their week because we don't have a good rush D, you know, mm-hmm. but we do have a really good wide receiver or, you know, receiving D. So like <laughs> yep. it, it, it could play in a way that makes it doable. That's I true. Guess. That's true. We will have to see. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the way they're going to have to win this game is for I, the defense to complimentary football, which we haven't seen much of this against year. the Packers. Cause I, I'm an all or nothing high roller coaster kind of guy as, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm 
obviously going to take the 10 and a half points and then just, you know, eat it. But I enjoy it. You know, that's what I, that's what I enjoy. So you enjoy we'll eating. See. Yeah. Well, Andrew, what is your score prediction for this game? Yeah. Um, God, I, I always say these with my heart and it never works out, but I'm not going to stop now. Um, 33 Packers. Okay. 24. Bills. Bills. Wow. Okay. I think I got that part right. All right. That would be shocking. That would be a pretty, that'd be a very exciting game. They're, they're coming back. They're saying we beat the Bills. We're fucking here, baby. God, yeah. Relax. I, I really, I mean, it's fun to hear that, but you're so fucking bad at, I, terrible. at predictions. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> My prediction, I have the Green Bay Packers losing 27 to 31 to the Buffalo Bills. I picked this score. I'm sure someone at home was like, ah, I know what that is. Nobody knows that. That was the score of the Patriots-Packers game with Matt (laughs) Flynn that the Packers lost but kept very close. I think something similar like that will happen. Another AFC East team like the Pats. Okay. I think we're going to get hope, but we're not going to be good enough. Once again, this is very reminiscent of seasons in the past, kind of like 2018 where balls weren't bouncing the right way. Maybe couple balls bounce you know we're due for some luck so maybe we'll get it in this game you know what i'm also kind of count not counting on but thinking could happen uh i don't know we pick up a wookie a wookie a wookie <laughs> wide we get a wookie yeah, on the fucking Chewbacca, field we're gonna yes. kill it mm-hmm. we're gonna kill it we get um a wide a veteran wide receiver out there mm-hmm. um that can really change our entire offensive outlook so I hope so so let's let's just look forward to that yeah, and our front office making some moves. We'll have to see. But Andrew, what is your bold prediction for my, this game? What, my as if my score wasn't big enough. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, we out. My bold prediction is that. Were you going to say we outscore the Buffalo Bills? We, no, we out. We outscore the Buffalo Bills. The reverse of what the spread is, so ten and a half. So uh, instead of the Buffalo Bills outscoring us by ten and a half, like as predicted. Okay. We outscore them by ten and a half. So okay. I'm going twenty points against the spread. How are they gonna how are they gonna score half a point? That's a really good question. <laughs> okay. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Wait and see. It's gonna be a weird game. We'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Like one of those field or touchdowns at the end of the game where you don't have to kick the field goal or extra point because mm. you've already won. Mm. Those should count as something. Those screw so many people over. I'm sure yeah. on bets. Just fucking imagine. Because like 50-50 that they end up kicking or not. It's like, how do you decide? Sometimes the fans rush the field and they don't get to. Well, that's like the fail Mary game in Seattle in 2013, 2014, whatever it was. Um, yeah. the With the review and all the madness that was going on. Packers went to the locker room and they had to like get 11 guys on the field to kick the extra point. Yeah, bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Uh, With that, I will have my bold prediction. You know, someone who we've talked a little bit of crap on this year, but, you know, I think we've been pretty fair with him. Hell is going to have to freeze over for us to win this game, people are saying, people being me. I have Amari Rogers scoring a touchdown. I think he's going to be forced to play some more snaps here. Randall Cobb being out. Didn't look terrible as a receiver last week. You know, it didn't seem like he made mental mistakes outside of the muff punt, which was pretty fucking terrible, but he had the drop. But when he's got the ball in his hands on offense, he doesn't look terrible. I'm judging this off of like three plays this year where he gets it and runs up field, which he doesn't do on punts for whatever reason. But that is my bold prediction for this So game. I just want to confirm, you're parlaying uh Aaron Rodgers comments about give other men opportunities in addition to 
uh, you know, us obviously yeah. not having a receiving core. Yeah. I love that. I fucking love yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know if he's talking about Amari Rogers. No, it's probably not, but I love Amari that either way, they more. might just mix some shit in and, and throw who in there and, and see what happens. It's kind of, and wow. we'll see, it's... Uh, Mike McCarthy, like I mentioned earlier, with these weird primetime games, he'd always throw in these like stupid ass plays. Could be a fake field goal, like the Crab, uh, Tom Crabtree touchdown, or surprise onside kick, or a Julius Peppers fade for whatever fucking reason against right. the Saints. And maybe we'll we're I there's probably going to be some fuck ass plays in this game, and one of those is probably going to involve Amari Rogers. Do you so think we'll Aaron see. Jones will throw a touchdown this year? I would say no. I don't think Aaron Jones has ever thrown a pass okay. in his NFL career. I just don't know if that's ever a thing that like you could see us mixing in, especially with like these passes that are kind of backwards laterals, and then you know he lobs a, one out there or something like that for one of those weird, interesting yeah, plays. I mean, is all I'm saying. Maybe you it's, know? there was talk about this way back in the day. I think when when uh, Randall Cobb was a rookie or in his second year because he played some quarterback at Kentucky. Well, um, people were like, "Oh, why don't we throw in some trick plays with Randall Cobb throwing the ball?" It's like, well. You have Aaron Rodgers. So any throw Wasn't that Cobb, you're going to do, it should be probably Aaron Rodgers throwing Like the ball. two years ago, our backup quarterback when Aaron was out and like our, who was it? Aaron Rodgers was out and then there was some, how we, someone else could have gotten hurt and like they had to list him actually as our backup QB. Um, or I don't that remember a, that. Randall that Cobb a, has been dubbed the emergency QB Okay, that might have been what it was. I believe okay. John Kuhn was way okay. in the past as well. So sure. hopefully it never comes to that. Well, but, no, uh, absolutely. Yeah, but we'll see what happens Sunday. It's going to be, if nothing else, it's going to be a game. There will be football played. There will be football. By athletes I who love so. football. If not, that would be an even more bold prediction if that doesn't occur. Yeah, that would. Hmm. But with that, everyone's favorite part of the episode, please don't skip forward. Listen to me talk here. If you could please subscribe, leave a five-star rating. That would be pretty cool. You could leave a review. Leave a review. Take a screenshot. Uh, send it to us at PMP Pod uh, on Twitter or yeah, DM it to us on there or email it to us, pmppodcast at gmail.com. There we go. I saved it. I'm not going to edit this out. Um, if you do that, we'll send you a free koozie. And hopefully the koozies I sent out last week made it. Like I said last week, I I didn't seal the envelope very well. And I wonder if they just fucking... I thought apart. you were worried about like mail fraud or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're coming <laughs> People out are really these, coming for these koozies. These koozies, yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, postal workers, if you're trying to go through packages, just call us and then we'll get you a, get you a koozie too. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure to that's all what postal workers. For. But uh, with that, Andrew, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? Ah, go pack, go. Okay, well, with that, Eric Koskinen, please don't sue us. All right, Andrew. Hello. How are you? I'm good, Spence. I'm good. Uh, I'm sure you've been waiting for this. You know, what is the question I'm going to have for you this week? Well, what did you think of Taylor Swift's new album? Man, actually, I got delivered today. Mm -hmm. um, so I like the 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, additional like release of her oh, six songs. Yep, yep. Every, every vinyl has so many different things that come with it. Well, no, no. So she released her album at midnight, mm -hmm. right? Obviously. And then at 3 a.m. Okay, that. at 3 a.m. there was an additional six songs that dropped on Spotify as well. Oh, just okay. like a special edition 3 a.m. 
Okay. And some of those songs I like a little bit more. Mm. Uh, like Glitch is my favorite. Okay. Um, I like the tone of all of the songs. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of the songs sound too exactly similar. The same. Yes. Yeah. I, I and li- <laughs> it's it's like tough to tell. So, you know, some people reviews are mean like, oh, it just blends so nicely. But it, no, it, it's it's like the same song over and over. It's there's a difference sense, between you know? a concept album and then every song sounding the and same. Because I had the Tori and I listened to it when we were making dinner last night. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, all of these songs sound Identical. the same. The only and I don't know if I listened to the extended one or whatever, but right. the only song I liked was Karma. And the rest I'm like, Yeah, these okay. Are all I liked Karma. Yep, Karma was that's the one where she's like, and fuck you or whatever. Like she drops the F bomb in one of them, like as at the end a few times. Like, I don't know if it was it. that one. I but okay. when she did I that, remember, I was like, Taylor. Hey. I was like Yeah, that's the same thing. I was like, Oh shit, girl, like she getting. Yeah. Um and then like I don't know. It was like I said, yeah, they all sound similar. I did not like folklore at all. I did. So the last two albums either. I'm like uh, I think you I said like it. Lover. I like the song yeah, Lover. Yeah, Lover was okay. Um, but then, what was it? Was it 89? Was her best album yeah. ever. And she, you Probably. said it before, like, it's never going to be topped. And that's definitely true. Um, so, you know, whatever. Looking forward to coming on, releasing some tour dates. Hopefully she comes to US Bank again. And cool. Check that, was that a, out. That was a weird whistle you just made. I don't know how to whistle. Oh. 